Hey, recording live. The newest episode of Mindset Moves Podcast. Exclusively for you, the members of The Minimalist Method for Prosperous Female Entrepreneurs. I love helping other people to not have to go through some of the tests and trials that I did if possible. This is where you get the first dibs of the best business strategies ever so you can grow your revenue while minimalizing your time, your efforts, and your energy. There's great coaches. There's people in this field. So yeah, you want them on your team. And we are live for you exclusively, the members of The Minimalist Method for Prosperous Entrepreneurs. So if you're watching this on a replay on any of the platforms where we air the show, Mindset Moves, get in on Facebook, just look up The Minimalist Method for Prosperous Entrepreneurs. We'll link it in the show notes and the descriptions wherever you're watching this so that you can join. Today, I have someone who I obviously hold dear and dear to my heart. Uh, my brother, uh, Michelle Sorry, I'm very proud of him. He's an award-winning, uh, Emmy award-winning photographer. I'm sorry, Emmy award-winning cinematographer and award-winning photographer has received awards such as photographer of the year. He's been in public affairs in the military, uh, in the army specifically photographing events like the, um, like the presidential, why can't I think of the word right now? The inauguration. Inauguration, yes. Um, and we're going to tell you, you might be having your head spinning with, and I just talked about this today at a speaking engagement at seven 30 this morning, right before this for a company. And it was, um, you might be have feeling like your head is spinning at, okay, I got to do this. Oh my gosh, this is coming up. I should be a part of this platform. I should be talking about this. Ah, uh, there's this pressure of this going on in the world right now and uh, and what's on the news and I need to comment on it. Otherwise, if I'm quiet, uh, I'm, I'm part of the problem and, uh, and oh, 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 I got to do this kind of picture, right? And so your head's spinning and you feel like you're putting all this effort into what you're doing, but not yielding quite a return. And you're like, what gives? I'm doing everything I can. What's going on? So Michelle's going to talk to you about why you don't want to follow the trends sometimes and when is it a good idea but before we go on i don't want to forget to thank our sponsors fifthroom.com use the link in the description use the link in the show notes for attending that website attending that website you know that i'm all about creating spaces that are high vibes that's why i bought a house on a lake i'm all about being outdoors and creating spaces that make you feel like a million bucks uh, you could do that with fifthroom.com you can literally go on their website use their wizard design the gazebo of your dreams design the bridge of your dream to go over that creek that creates that serene water sound in your backyard and uh, get it all at a really incredible price from a locally owned small business that is family run. Use the link in the show notes or the descriptions or wherever you're watching this. Without further ado, Michelle, go right into it. Why shouldn't they, why is it not helpful to follow trends? Not shouldn't, there's no shame or judgment around it. Why is it not helpful? Yeah. And so first of all, Marta, thank you for having me on the show. I hope actually we get a chance to uh, uh, do more episodes because I think there's a lot 
to unpack in just this one topic and and uh, uh, I'm sure we can expand on it for for many more episodes to go if uh, your audiences are interested but I want to actually start with one thing is uh, as my my convictions in life and that should be true whether I'm a father I'm a husband um, I'm an employee sometimes I'm a uh, servant and business owner uh, communicator in all things I have to make sure that I followed Christ in my uh, everyday walk and I want to kind of set the scene at least in in my perspective on how I, I shape my philosophy in life, whether it is interpersonal relationship or business relationships, is through my Christian beliefs and, and convictions. And now I'm going to spit out a couple of verses that I um, that I think are relevant to this conversation. One from uh, the Gospel of Luke, one from Ecclesiastes, and one from Th Thessalonians. And I'll preface by saying that the Bible speaks in our lives uh, specifically in in um, educating us and bringing us and convicting us to be closer to God, right? Uh, and I will openly admit that these passages are not about marketing. These passages are not about um, today's methods of communicating or marketing or branding. And they're specifically talking about our Christian walk in honoring Christ. However, uh, they they have, I think, every everyday values and applications. So I'll read them real quick and we can just uh, go into it. So from Luke 9, uh, chapter 9, verse 25, uh, this is Jesus talking to his apostles. And sa he says, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world or if he chases the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? From Ecclesiastes 6, 9, it says, um, you know, better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the appetite. This also is vanity and a striving after the wind. So again, this idea of striving, of chasing, like what, what Ecclesiastes is saying is like, it's better to appreciate, to appreciate and love and cherish the things right in front of the eyes and always have an, an appetite that keeps you hunger and is never satisfied and uh, leads you to chasing things out there. And yeah. Then, and, and, no. and to clarify, that's not to say you shouldn't have goals. You should say small. Absolutely. That is not what he's Absolutely. saying. He's saying that yep. dissatisfaction and ungratefulness for all the things that God has given you in this moment, this and something more. God, I'm thankful for this and I'm ready for more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's it's great to, uh, it, I think it's, it's great to actually attain and establish wealth. And it's a great to have ambition, great ambitions that are uh, God honoring and serving others, but you have to be careful to not always be dissatisfied and chasing, 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 chasing. And then finally, First Thessalonians two four is, uh, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. So it, this is a good call for all of us. Is like sometimes we get into uh, caught up in the in the trap of people pleasing. Right. And I believe that as business owners, we're, we don't exist to please people. We exist to serve people like our business model ought to have other people in mind to serve them, but not constantly be chasing the, the, the approval or, uh, or the pleasing of others. And so I come from an army background. I've been in the army for 20 years, going on 21 this uh, September, and most of my career I've spent in uh, public affairs. So public affairs is is communication, media relation, photography, video production, uh, social media, and um, something that I was thinking about this morning while preparing for this episode is the army's sch schizophrenia when it comes to branding and identity. 
And so, for example, and this can go back many more decades, but I'm going to start in 1980. And in by the way, this is a perfect example of you speaking boldly to whoever is out there listening to you and not worrying about who you're going to offend when you're simply speaking truth in a non-judgmental way, just an informative way and establishing authority and giving prime example. And so Michelle is in the army technically still, right? Oh yeah, I'm in the army. So yeah. I, I'm, in, uh, I'm a member <laughs> and he's going to speak army truth. And this might offend some of the people that he's closest and nearest and dearest, but he's doing oh. it out of love and not disrespect. And that's okay. I just shared something on my feed this morning. That's probably going to offend some people in the health and wellness industry. And that's okay. Cause I'm doing it out of love and just education. So go for it. No, but the, the funny thing is the only people who are allowed to bash the army are people, are in, people the army. in the army. Yeah. Everybody else, everybody else, <laughs> we're going to have a fight about it. Yeah. No, but it's, it, this is, a, I'm actually honestly not saying anything that uh, is unknown to my fellow service members and, 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 uh, and, you know, marketing experts, but in 1980, the army started with be all you can be, right? And that was a very popular slogan. It's lasted 21 years. It, from 1980 to 2021, I'm sorry, to 2001, um, the army had that one slogan, be all you can be. And this is the idea that you join the army and you can excel in whatever your desires and passions are. But since then, the army went through like a ongoing identity crisis where it changed its idea of what it was. And it went from, uh, army of one, army strong, warriors won in 2018, and it fizzled so quick that warriors won a campaign. Then it tried to adapt and say and go from warriors wanted to what's your warrior. And then finally, now in 2023, guess what? It went back to be all you can be. So mm-hmm. we went back to 1980. And in comparison, you know, my fellow uh, crayon eating Marine Corps brethren, uh, they have had one slogan since 1977, and that was the few, the proud, and the Marine. So why do I bring that up? The Marine Corps, uh, from a marketing standpoint, did a really good job knowing their identity. And regardless of what happened in the world, regardless of what war the, the Marine Corps was called to fight, what um, social changes happened around them, what career ambitions, what the economy was doing, it stuck to its identity and said, no, we're the few of the proud of the Marine, right? And I have a lot of respect for my Marine Corps service members. The Army, in many ways, tried to kind of chase new trends, tried to like to reinvent uh, itself so frequently that it actually lost its identity. And the reason why it finally came back to be all you can be is because that was actually the real true identity of the army. It, it's this idea that when you join the army, you're not just an infantryman. You can be a cook, you can be an engineer, you can be a military police, you can be a medic, a doctor. Like there are so many, uh, there, there's so much wealth of diverse um career opportunities in the army, but for a while it just lost this this um this focus of like you can join the army and really you can be whatever you can be, you know, be all you can be. And, and so I, I want to say you're making a really good point because we do have clients who come to us with marketing and they're like, what should I call this event? And or uh what about my logo? Or you know, like very particular about fonts and very particular about their branding colors, which we pay attention to all of that. Yes, because out of respect for the client and out of just native marketing bylaws, we pay attention to it. Yes, but like no one is going to hire you because they 
think your logo is awesome. I mean, they might pay attention to you at first because your logo is awesome, or they might really like your font or resonate with the color navy blue because it uh, it brings trust or whatever, or red because of power or whatever, but they're not going to become your clients because of your logo, your slogan, your tagline, your brand, the title of your event. They're going to become your client because they are going to feel like you get them and you are the solution for their problems. And you are Mm -hmm. the person who's going to help them get what they desire. Oh, precisely. And, and, and you stand strong on your service, your identity, your convictions, and um, you're not going to move and chase after every win that passes by. Uh, and again, to your previous point, this is not to mean that this is not to say that we should never change. We ought to always as business owners, entrepreneurs uh, adapt, but maintain our integrity throughout. Like, so there are things that are going to cause us to refine our processes, grow, expand. So most businesses, when they're successful, they are going to change. I'm not saying that we, you always have to be the same always and forever, but do it with a strategy and mindset in mind where you're not constantly flipping your head back and forth and seeing what's popular right now. What are people saying right now? You know, you should be the one leading the conversation about who you are, not allow every fleeting trend to redefine who you want to become. And you know, another example. So we live in Pittsburgh. Um, and uh, recently, a couple of weeks ago, I took my my family to a amusement park called Kennywood. It's a popular uh, theme park in Pittsburgh that's been around for more than 100 years. And uh, I had my kids uh, with me and we're just doing the rides and walking around and I'm looking and I see a men with fanny packs and boys with mullets. And I thought to myself, like, what year is this? Like, <laughs> which he's not saying with judgment, by the way, like, no, you know, it, r- rock like, your mullets and your fanny packs. It's not what he's saying. <laughs> and, and I think like my kids probably could rock a pretty sweet mullet and fanny packs are actually quite uh, uh, helpful tools. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wear a fanny pack stuff. every day as a mom of six but, and I've been wearing it, you know, <laughs> I'm a true but fanny what pack. What I'm saying wear. is like this, these were popular back in the 1980s, just like Be All You Can Be was popular back in the 1980s and now it's coming back around. So it's the idea like this, this, uh, these trends, these uh, utilities, these styles cycle over and over and over again, because we have this, like, uh, I think as humans, we have this constant, I, um, desire to reinvent ourselves and to be creative because I think we are created by God to be creative people. Um, and sometimes we get nostalgic and things just kind of keep on coming around to the point of the fanny packs and the mullets, you know, they were popular 30, 40 years ago. They might be coming popular again now. And it's this idea that trends are cyclical. And so I think it's less important to chase the current trend and rather to be a stable force and uh, a a voice for who you are rather than trying to copy whatever else is happening in the world in the moment. Yeah, I, I've had leads come to me and they are, they're, they're literally saying to me, I've tried every trend. I'm talking about this topic that I think would make sense for my industry to get people to lean in to becoming patients and clients. I don't understand why I'm not really getting much out of my efforts. And it's because she's posting to please. And Mm -hmm. when you're posting to please, people feel that in the energy, you know, it just doesn't feel like it's kind of like vanilla, but when you're posting or sharing emails or adding to your blog from the heart, 
values and morals never go out of style. Yep. Um, and so let's talk about how, how do trends, ha trends happen, right? Typically, it's because somebody had a brilliant, either funny or catchy idea, and they uh, generally created something new, uh, something that wasn't seen before. But then what happens is that almost everybody else wants to copy it, right? And so trends often tends to tend to become um, mimicking of something original or a cheaper copy of something that somebody had created, right? And you know, I think of as um, I've also done some wedding photography. I think of the the, the trend trends in wedding photography that have uh, kind of come and gone. There was a popular stage that lasted probably three or four years of one wedding photographer photoshopped a T-Rex chasing the bridal party <laughs> running away, right? And you, everybody has probably seen some form of that, whether it was the, I'm not a Star Wars uh, uh, fan. So, so I don't know the name of the those machines, but they're redone it with uh, Star Wars robots. They've done it with all kinds of creatures and, and different things. Like whoever created that first was brilliant, but everybody else started copying it. And then it comes to the point where maybe your clients are asking for it, not because they really wanted it, but because everybody else is doing it. And I think when those trends come up, come up you as a business owner, you can decide, all right, yeah, I can provide that service because the client wants it. Or you can say, hey, I actually have something better for you. Uh, or I have something different that is in line with what I think will last for generations. Um, uh, another, you know, another trend that happened in wedding photography was the tilt shift photography uh, lens where they... Uh, photographers, wedding photographers started using a very specialized lens, typically used. Isn't in it for real estate? Oh, yeah, okay. it's usually used for real estate architecture. Yeah, but it can create a really cool, um, super shallow slash uh, depth of field. And you know, some wedding photographer decided to use it. It was cool. It was great. And then every wedding photographer started doing it, and it became almost the, the, the style of the thing to do because everybody else was doing it. And I, you know, at the time when I saw it, I was like, I, this was probably a decade ago. I thought, oh man, everybody else is doing it. I have to buy this lens. And it was, would have been, you know, a $2,000, $3,000 lens or a very specific, very specialized look that I probably would have never used ever again once that, because that trend eventually faded, right? There's still some who are using it in other work. Usually it's great for, um, to make things uh, landscape look like uh, like a uh, miniature toy landscape when it's actually a real world landscape. So there, every trend oftentimes has a real world great application, but the more you mimic it, the more you copy it, tends to somewhat cheapen the effect and tends to somewhat cheapen the, the look and gets you kind of stuck in that period of time. So let's say wedding photography, I, I, I never ended up, buying that lens uh, at the time I couldn't afford it and where I wasn't in, in, uh, in, in business and I wasn't doing as many weddings to justify that cost. Right. But if I had done that, I feel like if I had done that and I chased it, I would not have given clients the style that I still hold to this day. Right. My style mm -hmm. as, for when it comes to wedding photography, I also do uh, branding photography for businesses and uh, other things. I still hold the value of capturing great memories, vibrant with a lot of energy, passion, love, and capturing moments as authentically as possible. Yeah, that's not a that's not a trend. That's never going to go out of style. I would love to add to that because prime example again with wedding photography, 
there, when you're a photographer and videography, there's a lot of money to be made in the wedding industry. And mm -hmm. I was at the point where I was making 70 to hundred K a year, just in weddings. And that's mind you doing one wedding a week. So that's essentially leaving the house one day a week, right? There's lots of work in between, in between that, in between the photography, but I left it. I stopped doing them. I refer them all out. Now I still get inquiries to this day because it just wasn't my passion work. So yeah, it's mm -hmm. the thing to do to make money. It's like, there's people are going to continue to get married and they're going to continue to want good photography. It's one of the most important investments that you can make for your wedding day. I loved working with my brides, with my grooms. I have such special relationships with a lot of them still to this day, but it got to a certain point where it just felt like an industry to me. And it wasn't like, it was just, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. God was like, go do this thing instead. Go do this thing instead. No explanation, no reason, no logic to it whatsoever. Yes. Marta, I'm telling you, give up 70 K at least a year. Trust me on this. And your brain is going, what? Like I've got a, probably at that point, five kids. I don't know how many kids I had at that point. <laughs> like I haven't feed them. What are you talking about, God? But you, you follow, you follow and you don't follow the trends. You follow God. Mm, yeah. And, and uh, I think to kind of cap capstone this idea is like, again, I don't, there's nothing evil about trends. There's nothing evil or bad or inherently um, damaging to society about having a trend something that's popular and flashy and like um momentary right that, that's in itself is not bad but the question you should ask yourself if i do this why like mm -hmm. you should have a deeper meaning a deeper why as to why you decide to follow a trend maybe it's because you have your own take on it or you have something to add right and i think that at times trends can be quite shallow and can be uh because they're they're so temporary um, and so short-lived, they don't have a very lasting value. So if you do it, what else are you offering your clients? What else who, What else are you saying about yourself that will last longer than that trend? Because if, if you are lasting only as long as that la trend lasts, then you haven't built something for the future. You've only built something for the now. And um, uh, it can be fun. Like, you know- I love reels. I mean, Michelle yeah. and I were talking about it. We love real trends because they're fun because we're in the energy of like, Oh my gosh, that I could do something hilarious with that. Let me, let me try it out. And because again, you're in the energy, not a following of like, okay, I got to do this because this is the newest trend. And if I don't hop on it now, then it's going to fall down the line and I'm not going to get the followers. I'm not going to get da, 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 da. That's a stringent, scared, fearful energy. And it's not going to do you any good. Yeah. And, and what I have been trying to be more conscious, at least in my practices, again, what I, I, I um, do work for the Army Corps of Engineers to promote some of the, the, the missions of, that the Army Corps of Engineers does in the Pittsburgh region. Um, I'm still in the Army Reserve, and I believe in the Army's mission to defend uh, and protect uh, our nation. Um, but in my own personal social media postings, I, const I ask, frequently ask myself the question is, if I post this, who am I serving? Right? It, not who am I pleasing? Because I think that is the wrong answer. I think that is a, a, a question that wrong leads question, to the wrong yeah. answers. Um, but if I ask myself, who am I serving? Who am I uh, feeding, not just a snack to? And I know that social media is all about snackable content, that's something that's quick, but 
Not necessarily. I must bust that myth. (laughs) Well, I mean, in general, that tends to be the case, right? I'm not saying that that's that's not a philosophy that I necessarily follow. Sometimes it's great to have a a little snacks, but who am I feeding with my content? Who am I empowering? Who am I uplifting? Who am I inspiring or encouraging or or mentoring through these messages? Um, And and so, at least in in my own walk and. And I'll admit, I don't have a huge social media following and I don't care because I know that I have more lasting relationships and effects outside of social media through my businesses, my interactions than I do on social media. And that's great because I still, to this day, get phone phone calls, text messages, uh, emails, whatever from people around the world who have impacted, who still remember me for the, for my investment in their lives. And and that's what I say, what I mean when I talk about lasting impact. And so um, rather than following trends, which it's just not, I'm not good at it anyway. So why I try to fight into something that I'm not naturally good at, I, I want to that. post photos and videos that are lasting. So the question is like, so what's going to last? You know, what's never going to go out of style? What do you think, Marta? What, if you're to tell a client, like what's going to last for centuries or for at least decades? Well, just showing your true personal self. And that's what you do with, with clients. That's what we do with clients and in terms yep. of the photography. We're not, yes, I will admit there are, we are keeping in mind with what's going to perform well when we do our environmental sessions on social media, but that's kind of common sense. Like people are going to connect better with your photos. If you have a big smile on your face and an expressive and you're having fun and laughing and those, those expressions just come naturally when you work with us and, and photo shoots and bringing out that inner personality, your true self in your content and in your photography or your videography, your heart and soul, that's never going to go out of style. Um, And we could talk about, and we won't name them, specific big name brands that recently have lost trillions of dollars because they were quite frankly, and there's facts, there's science behind this, there's actual proof that they were checking boxes for certain scenarios that they needed to find themselves in to hit the mark on the latest trend of morals and values that they thought the world wanted to see. The world did not receive them well. They did not go in line with their own values, their own morals. Quite frankly, I think some of these brands have lost the mark on morals and values and their mission. I think they just completely forgot about it and just were trying to check that box and in reaction, their audiences decided to go elsewhere to, they, they spoke with their feet. A lot of their customers and clients and, and audience are silent because they're afraid of speaking out about how they truly strongly feel, but they're behind the scenes texting each other about it. And they're speaking with their feet by no longer and their wallets and their hands by no longer ordering from these brands, buying from these brands, frequenting. Some are even going back and finding merchandise that they've purchased in the last whatever 90 days and returning it because they want their money back mm-hmm. because they yep. were so offended because they felt that those marketing efforts, those products that were being put out for trying to support certain certain uh, agendas weren't 
weren't real. Like they, they weren't their missions and their visions. It was all fake. It was all phony. It was all them following trends. So it, it backlashed. Yeah. It was chasing after the wind. Um, and, and so when I think of the question of like, what's gonna, what's never going to go out of style, I think integrity, which I've mentioned again and again, and again, and integrity is not just the, the most typical answer of definition of integrity is doing right always, even when people are not looking, right? That's what uh, often gets described as the um, uh, definition of integrity, but it's more than that. Integrity means to be wholesome within yourself, meaning to have no, um, no uh, parts of yourself that are incongruent with the rest of you. And so to have integrity, so for example, when you build, you know, I recently um, have a pizza oven, I recently had to patch it up and had to use some cement, all the elements in the cement, when you mix it with water, bond together and they belong together. If I were to start adding like random ingredients because I uh, wanted to mix up my own cement and I had no clue what I was doing, that cement's not going to hold. So integrity is not just about doing right. It's about holding yourself strong and having all the pieces within yourself um, uh, last, right? And so having integrity in your brand, having integrity in your product, that itself is never going to go out of style. No matter what the trend is, if you have integrity, you're going to survive the the waves of what's popular today. And I want to speak to your fears of, but if I speak about my morals, my values, I might offend people. I might be the one who people want their money back from. I might get fired from my clients because I've spoken out. And I will tell you that I've had moments when I've spoken out about my morals. I am pro-life and it did offend a client who felt that because of me being pro-life and because of me saying certain things non-judgmentally in a loving way, I hope that's what the way it comes across when I do, they uh, essentially wanted to terminate their contract. And I won't tell you how that, how that went, but certainly that's a very scary moment when a client that you love, that you thought you had mutual respect for all of a sudden rejects you for your morals and your values. And now think about that as a relationship. Okay. Say that you are in a relationship and all of a sudden this person you're in a relationship with rejects you because you're more than your values. Are you going to want to be with this person? No, the same thing goes with your clients. It's a very scary moment and it can be very uh, hard financially to have to decide what, which way you're going to go with it. But in the end, God will pay you back tenfold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and whether or not the financial reward comes, I think there's something beautifully um, beautiful to live out your life in integrity and not give up your morals for the sake of money. Whether or not you are rewarded and uh, your business grows out of that difficult decision, um, at least you can walk away with having a business intact because of your intact. Um, and then, you know, something else that I think I truly believe when I, whenever I work with a client to uh, promote their brand or promote their business, I believe in honest, heartfelt storytelling. That's where my Emmy nominations and my uh, photography and writing awards have really come from is looking at the deeper picture of what, how does that story carry the message? And what I typically do with a client who wants to hire me to do a video production at, um, uh, to, you know, whether it's pr- promoting their business or product, I start with really trying to understand um, obviously their identity, but what is the problem they're trying to solve 
And oftentimes you can figure out like, oftentimes people don't even know what is my problem that I'm trying to solve. And the question I ask is, what do you wish people knew better about you? And that's where you can start, right? Man, I w if only more people understood that A, B, and C were true. Okay, that's your starting point. That's your problem. Not enough people believe or understand or appreciate A, B, and C. Let's get after it. And so I, I believe in facts because you can't compromise your integrity when you, whenever you tell a story, but I also believe in the emotional appeal. And good stories are carried out with a great balance of both factual information, but facts hardly ever really um, motivate people. They just help support your case, but appealing to the, the emotions um, of how either your product, your services can um, solve people's, you know, solve somebody else's problem or complete somebody else's, uh, you know, uh, ambitions, desires, improve them. Again, what is the service that you're providing and what value you're adding to your clients? And so to do it with a story, you know, every one of us has a background, a story like where did this desire for you to, for me, I have a, a desire to produce images, to tell stories through photos and videos. You know, trying to dig in, like where did that desire, where does the desire of that come from? And doing that for our clients, like almost like a counseling session, trying, trying to understand what's deeper within them and what motivates them and carrying that out through storytelling, carrying that out through um, photos and videos that are more than just informational and, and picture words, but emotional or uh, emotional vi uh, visuals. Mm. So I think that's a good good place to to pause. I think and mm -hmm. and continue this conversation in another in another episode. And sure. I want to know from you guys and whatever platform you're watching. What, what was your takeaway from this? What fears came up for you of, I could never do that because X, Y, Z. I could never do that because a lot of my clients, A, B, C. I could never do that because I have a family to feed. So what stuff came up for you? Because I will tell you that there's probably a very small percentage of truth in that, but the majority of it is a story that is being formed in your head to keep you small and comfortable and generic and a basic B. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it just came out of nowhere. Um, before we wrap up, I want to mention again, our sponsors at fifthroom.com. Again, I'm all about surrounding yourself with high vibe spaces that uh, make you feel like the VIP that you are. So head on over to the link in the description and the show notes, and you can literally go into, let's say I want to do a pergola on my back deck. I can literally go on their website, pick the kind of pergola I want. A Bel Verde apparently is a thing. I'm going to select that, continue it. I would pick a size according to uh, my space. I can go all the way up 16 by 32. And then I can literally design it piece by piece by piece with their wizard. And this investment, if you made it into your home, would come back to you tenfold only not because of not only because of the value that you'd be adding to your out to your home but also to the value that you'd be adding to your life by surrounding yourself with spaces that inspire you make you feel good have you connecting with the creative side by spending more time outdoors uh getting that vitamin d which lowers depression and anxiety uh you're also going to just be naturally more productive and happy in your life because of all that so 
Use the link in the show notes, in the descriptions. Check out fifthroom.com today. Any last words, Michelle? So if you'd love to work with Michelle, if you'd love to work with me, PM either of us, ask us any questions you want. We'd love to hear from you in the comments and any place that you're watching this, it allows you to comment. If you're watching this on any podcast platform, please do rate it. Give it a five star. Leave your positive review. Help us share the good word through shifting mindsets and being on the mission of improving people's lives with marketing. I'm your host, Bartis Ray Greca, and see you next time. Bye.